We have learned, thanks to people like Ibram X. Kendi and Robin D'Angelo, that there's only racism and anti-racism. There is no space in between. If you are not spending every waking moment combating racism to their liking, you're, if you're not joining their cult and paying, their, paying for their books or podcasts or, or seminars, if you are not spending every waking moment, uh, well, let me just speak mostly because this is the way they do it to the Caucasians in the audience. If you are not waking up in the morning and whipping yourself, right? Taking a cat of nine tails and beating yourself across the back and then thinking of a hundred different ways to air fingers, quote, disrupt whiteness, you might as well be um, in the clan or something. And that's the way they're treating it. What is, what is being imposed right now is an impossible standard. It's an, it's, 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 what's happening now is the hard academic left are setting impossible standards so they, they can claim this country is not progressed, there is no healing, there is no unity. And you have to understand something. All of this, all roads lead to Marxism. Now, before you say, oh, come on, Andrew, as some, some ankle biters might say, show me a road that doesn't. Show me one person in the so-called anti-racist game that isn't also a Marxist. Just one. Just one person with a platform that is speaking out on this supposed anti-racism but isn't also promoting Marxism in some way. Now, Marxism isn't just about economics, property, what have you. You have to understand there's a, there's a, there's a dynamic here. There's always a victim and always an oppressor. And it, even if you don't have a verifiable oppressor, you can just create one. You might not even have someone who's oppressed. You just identify somebody who's oppressed and then you blame somebody for their oppression because there has, if there's an oppressed person, there has to be an oppressor. And what the leftist Marxist thinker does is assign the most convenient person or group of people the title of oppressor. Now, why am I saying this? The Daily Mail, the Daily Mail does a lot of great reporting that the American media refuses to do. And if it's one thing I, I have been trying to stress, this whole thing with the net worth tax is being bandied about in Washington while you're trying to enjoy your summer. Why do you think we have this thing called the Friday document dump? Why do you think we find some of the most revealing things about government come out the day before Thanksgiving or the day before Christmas break or, you know, when, when most people are likely to have turned their brains off for the holidays? We've even seen document dumps the morning of the Super Bowl or the day before the Super Bowl. Headline revealed Biden administration promoted abolitionist teaching network handbook pushing staff to disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression in guidance on reopening schools. And it says the Biden administration promoted a handbook urging teachers to disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression in their Department of Education guidance on reopening schools. It has been revealed. 
The government document published this year linked to the Abolitionist Teaching Network Guide for Racial Justice and Abolitionist Social and Emotional Learning in a section describing how schools are a microcosm of society and conversations essential to racial and emotional learning should be an anchor tenant in schools. The Department of Education Handbook on How to Welcome Children Back to Classrooms following COVID states that schools have a share of $122 billion in funding for President Joe Biden's American Rescue Plan. Its introduction includes ways to help students for whom the pandemic has exacerbated pre-existing inequities. Abolitionist Teaching Network says the schools should build a school culture that engages in healing and advocacy. This requires a commitment to learning from students, families, and educators who disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. So the federal government now, the federal government under Joe Biden, last time I checked, was an elderly white man is now paying for and signing on to a hard... I'm looking at the website of this organization. It's abolitionistteachingnetwork.org. And wow, on their staff page, they're all they, them, there. They, she. She, her, hers. She, her, hers. She, her, hers. They, them, theirs. Uh, he, him, e. I don't I, I don't. But basically, this is a hard left organization. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Abolition. Do, do we have slavery? When I think of an abolitionist, I think of somebody who's seeking to end slavery. Do we have slavery? Have we had slavery in the past 150 years? I don't, I don't, I don't or more. What does this have to do with preparing, this is again, you have to understand your John Dewey. John Dewey is the grandfather, the godfather, the cult figure of the progressive movement and its relationship in education. Dewey's entire belief system was predicated on the individual must be mashed down into a collective. Education was not there to liberate the mind so the individual could follow his or her own path. So you have to understand something. When you hear leftists talk about liberation, they don't mean of the individual. They mean of capitalism or whatever they're pointing towards as as oppression, even if they plan to oppress you even more. You have to watch the way the fabric is woven. Marxists, leftists, if you, if you end up in an oppressive state, they still consider it liberation because you're not following capitalism. So the way they look at education is it's not there to prepare you to apply yourself in the real world whether in an intellectual capacity, a physical capacity, a combination thereof, you are there to be shaped and molded into a nameless, faceless member of the group. Who's tracking this now? Nobody. Nobody. It's just like the, it's like the, the net worth tax. You have, you, we are in, it's summertime, right? Some of your Republican Congress, uh, Congress men and women and senators are, you know, 
acting like they've been overworked and they deserve some downtime. They're not paying attention to any of this stuff. And when the schools reopen, when the schools reopen in the fall, millions of people are going to be sending their kids into an environment they had no idea. They had no idea was being prepared for their kids behind their backs. They had no idea. This is all happening right now. So Biden, Biden, I don't even really know who's in charge, but what I do know is, what I do know is that Biden has given in to every single, as he stands there and laughs off, come on, man, they said I was going to end capitalism. He has given in to every single hard left academic idea so far. So far, the only one he's mildly rejected is defund the police because it's been so much a disaster for the Democrat Party. Why? Because we've seen its effect on the streets. We have not seen what the left is doing to education yet. We have seen what defund the police looks like. It looks like a crime wave in the major metropolitan cities. That's what it looks like. We have not seen Haig Simons yet. We have not seen the net worth, net worth tax yet. We haven't seen affirmatively furthering fair housing yet. We haven't seen the Green New Deal yet. But they are building big machines right now. Big machines. Again, I want to read something to you. You have to understand this is a hundred year war. In 1916, John Dewey put out the book, Democracy and Education. This is the, for lack of a better, for, better phrase, Bible for the left on education. I want you to listen to something here. This is what he wrote on the individual. From a social standpoint, dependence denotes a power rather than a weakness. It involves interdependence. There's always a danger that increased personal independence will decrease the social capacity of an individual. In making him more self-reliant, it may make him more self-sufficient. It may lead to aloofness and indifference. And it often makes an individual so insensitive in his relations to others as to develop an illusion of being really able to stand and act alone. An unnamed form of insanity, which is responsible for a large part of the remedial suffering of the world. The individual must be destroyed. The individual must be destroyed and replaced with an indoctrinated individual who no longer identifies himself or herself, right? Zim, Zay, Zir, all this other stuff, as an individual. They are nothing more than a nameless, faceless cog in the group. Now, if someone says, Andrew, what's wrong? What's wrong with this? Well, it's kind of like the people who write and sell books on, on the evils of capitalism. Buy my book on Amazon, Why Capitalism is Bad. Do you not accept the fact that what you're doing is in fact capitalism? When somebody stands up and proclaims that individualism is wrong, are they not acting as an individual by standing up and demanding adherence to what they're saying? Uh, if you're the president of the Anarchy Club, you just don't get it. 
is what I mean. Uh, we're calling the Anarchy Club to order now. Hey, you, quiet till you're, you don't speak until spoken to. Wait, this is the Anarchy Club, right? The people that are promoting collectivism are doing so to promote their own individualism. In other words, socialism is for the people, not the socialist. This anti-racist stuff has nothing to do with actually being anti-racist because the way they've set the parameters is is an unachievable standard. There's either racism and anti-racism, nothing in between. So everybody fails the test. If you were to ask, if you're non-white, white or non-white, how many parents, regardless of race, think this is the way to best educate their children? What do you do with that? Now that you've spent 14 years of government-run education on anti-racism, what do you do with it? Is that going to help you code? Is that going to get you into medical school? You know, while the left is pissing and moaning about Jeff Bezos in his flying neck massager, because it massages necks, you know, they're ignoring the fact that that is technology being pushed to its edge. You aren't going to be at the forefront of technology because you learned how to organize a protest. Unless you're Van Jones and you get $100 million. So, you know, there's exceptions to the rule. But these people are destroying education. This is why the Department of Education needs to be defunded and ended. And states must run education. There's nothing wrong with teaching that racism is an ill. That's not anti-racist education. Anti-racist education is not about teaching children that they should, they should view one another as individuals equally. That's not what anti-racist education is. Anti-racist education isn't telling people that racism is wrong. Anti-racist education is a, is, a, is a system of submission to an impossible standard. Here's one for you. How many hours of the day, if there's only so many hours in the day to teach math, math, applied sciences, you know, chemistry, biology, physics, how much time in the day should be spent on this? And then when we graduate, how much of our lives in our days, eight-hour workday, 10-hour workday, 12-hour workday, how many hours per day must we adhere to the path of, of anti-racism? Because it sounds like a cult. It does sound like a cult. And I think a lot of people, whether they be black, white, Hispanic, or Asian, are realizing these people are charlatans. This is not about making things more equitable or more equal or providing greater opportunities to those who have not been presented opportunities. It is about submitting to now the cottage industry, the cult of anti-racism. Weinzik 695, Patriot 9572874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot.